0: In this episode, I'm speaking to the very inspiring Daniel Shidiak, who is a writer from Melbourne, Australia, and he has written a book called Who Says You Can't? That is his first book, and he has become an Amazon bestseller in eight different countries. He asked, do you want to change your life? Well, who says you can't? A moment came in Daniel's life when he realized he wasn't living his truth, His work didn't fulfill him, his relationships hurt him, and he was making choices that didn't really align with his true values. He did, however, have the ability to know his own purpose, a gift that we all have, and thus his journey began. This is such an inspiring conversation, and he is sharing a lot of tools and thoughts and ideas on how you can create your dream life. So get ready to be intrigued, fascinated, and amazed, not just by this episode, but by your own power. Let's get right into it. Hi, Daniel, and welcome to my podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm really, really excited to have you because when I came across your book, it just felt like it was very, very aligned with my book, Your Dream Love Starts Here, which we will get to. But before we get started, I always ask my guest the same question to start with, and that is, did you have a dream when you were a child, something you wanted to do or become?
1: Yes. <laughs> I wanted to be a marine biologist. Oh. Yeah, I know. Completely different to what I'm doing now. But I think I changed a few times. I then went on to study commerce. But yeah, I wanted to be a marine biologist. I was obsessed with the sea. I still love it today. So.
0: Yeah. Did you take any actions towards that or did you, did you just.
1: Not really. But I would always, yeah, want to go to the beach and put goggles on and look under the water and I'd study different fish. I had like books of fish, all different species, and used to love fishing as well. Probably sounds like a. Contradiction. He likes fishing with you, obviously, but I guess not. You know, it helps you appreciate it as well being out there. So, any chance that I could go fishing with my dad or my uncle, I'd just run at the opportunity, anything to be by the water.
0: Yeah, nice, nice. So Daniel, I picked up your book. In my former life before um, COVID, I traveled loads and I spent a lot of time at the bookstores at the airport. And I came across your book and then did a bit of research on you because I never heard of you before I picked up the book. And then I realized we were actually living in the same city. I would love for you to, to share a little bit of your journey and what made you write the book, Who Says You Can't, You Do.
1: Yeah. So I guess I've got to go back in my mind because it was a few years ago now <laughs> and you know, I've done so much since. But I'll go back to when I was at uni. I started a commerce degree because I guess it's what I thought I needed to do. You know, you need that piece of paper. That's what everyone tells you. And parents sort of tell you that as well. My dad more so with me, but that comes from love, you know, the They've seen mistakes they've made. They've you're looking at it because they love you, and they they look at the world as you know. You would, they would love for you to have that security. But I guess for me, I was it wasn't really a passion of mine. Working with numbers and stuff all day is just not not my thing. But so I was at uni, and uh, I remember there was a, a gentleman. I actually write about this in the book if you've read this part. And I think he worked for Pricewaterhouse and Cooper, so one of the big companies at the time. But he was in his fifties or sixties, and, and he was talking about how we worked for this company and the money he was earning and, you know, how he got to travel around to all these cities and the, all the people around me were just wide-eyed looking at him and, you know, oh, my God, this is so awesome. But I just remember, and I hope that this doesn't come across egotistical, but I was just like, that's just, like, does not appeal to me whatsoever. Like, I'm so cool with all these people wanting it, but I just felt like I was here to do something else. I didn't even know what. I just knew I didn't want to be there. I just got this overwhelming feeling like this life is not for you. I think it was about a year into into uni. So I got through one year and I just randomly closed my books and walked out and never looked back. And I remember I was living with my parents at the time. I think I was 19 and my parents were like, wow, so what happened? You know, you finished early? And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going back. And they're like, oh, so when are you going back tomorrow? Like. Thursday, what's what's the, you know, what what that and I was like, no, I'm not going back. And um, yeah, it was a pretty hard conversation to have with them. And they're like, what are you gonna do? And I said, I don't know, but I just don't want to be there. So I always was a bit of a risk taker in that regard. And I wouldn't advise that to everybody. Things did work out for me, but there were times that I did, you know, I had marketing jobs and all these jobs that I was still sort of finding my way. Then I became a personal trainer. And I remember I went to Europe with my brother when I was 21 and we came across this clothing brand and we really loved it. And we came home and we showed everyone these clothes that we'd bought in Europe. Everyone looked to that brand. I mean, my brother crazily went and got a loan from the bank, unsecured. I don't know how they gave it to us. They'd never do that now. I still remember it was for 70 grand. And we rang up these guys in Italy and stuff and said, you know, do you have a supplier? And they're like, no, in Australia that is. And they're like, no. So we'd started doing that. And that was to for money, I guess. You know, I thought the money would make me happy and having my own business, but I was still just so unaware of so many things and so much went wrong in that business. Although it did run for three years, but we did so much wrong. And I remember I crashed really hard after that because I just put all my emphasis on this thing working out. But I guess I wasn't emotionally and soulfully ready to really take something like that on and destiny as well. So yeah, I remember it was through a really hard time that, I was awakened and this is a part that I can't really explain to people too much because I do think it's a bit of a phenomenon that like what happens when all else, when the roads are blocked, you're forced to break through somehow and that's how it felt and, yeah, I had this overwhelming feeling and moment of just awakening and I remember just looking at myself in the mirror and thinking the person who i wanted to be my whole life is me, looking straight back at me, You know, because before that, it's I'm looking at all these other people and wanting to be them celebrities, businessmen, and trying to copycat in some way. But that was a really defining moment in my life. And yeah, I just explored these thoughts and started to realize that my thoughts create my life. And I delved deeper into that and read books and watched so many documentaries. But I didn't learn anything new from those. It was sort of, I was becoming awakened and it was just reiterating what I already knew. And that's the amazing thing. You know, we have all this knowledge and, all this wisdom within us, all the answers exist within. We just need to tap into it. So I started writing and that was it. I just started writing what I was feeling. And I didn't know what was really happening to me. I've said this to people before, I was crying about things that I once laughed at and felt things like I'd never felt. I was wake up and noticed like yellow flowers and the sky and things that were there, but you don't appreciate them. Yeah, I just felt so much. And I was writing all these things that were coming through me and all these awakenings and this enlightenment, I guess. And I remember sitting on my bed a year after I was writing, and I didn't even think about writing a book yet. So I had all this writing everywhere and something just, it was like a light bulb moment. And it's pretty stupid, the fact that I was writing for one year and never thought about writing a book. How did this just pop into my head now? Yeah, I remember ringing up a girlfriend of mine and and my brother and saying, oh, you know, I know what I'm here to do. I'm going to write this book and it's going to be really big. And, you know, everyone around the world's going to read it. And they're like, yeah, all right. So, you know, people were like, just what's this guy talking about? He's not even a writer, but they supported me. I definitely got support, but there were a few people that thought I was crazy. Actually, probably more people thought I was crazy than thought I was sane at the time. But, yeah, it all worked out. Ended up signing with Penguin Random House and it's in 13 languages now. So, yeah, follow your gut, follow your heart.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. There were so many great things that you just said. I wrote a book, but I also put it into a digital course because different people learn different ways and it's a bit more interactive and I have Monday lives where people can come with questions and you know support and one of the things that I hear all the time is that people don't live their dream what I call a dream life and of course a dream life is not a perfect life it's just a life that is true to themselves which you know you definitely have done. So, so many people are influenced by parents, teachers, peers, you know, friends, social media or whatever it is. So I know that you said that, you know, quitting studying is not for everyone, but what would you say to people who are in this moment right now thinking, I am not living my dream life. I am living my parents or my teachers or my friends life. Like what advice would you give to our listeners who might be in that situation right now?
1: Do what makes you feel good. But the thing is as well with that advice, I wouldn't advise to just quit everything and, you know, have no money and then do your thing. You're going to have to support yourself somehow to back your ideas. And that's not a bad thing too because you want some capital to be able to put into it. Like I think at the time, you know, editing cost five grand because I self-published initially. Then I got picked up by Penguin Random House because I wanted to put it to market quicker. And I probably didn't know the industry that well, to be honest, uh, because I was still learning everything. but. Yeah, I mean, follow your gut and definitely pursue what you love. Don't ever let that go. No matter even if you have to have another job on the side to support it, one day it'll work out. And if you can learn how to monetize it and turn it into a business, fantastic. But always do what you love. What makes you feel good? I always go with my feeling. Is this making me feel good? Is this not? You know, you have hard times as well. What do you ultimately want for your life? I think that's a really powerful thing because people look at the obstacles, not at the outcome. They're always focused on the obstacles. You've got to see past it to the outcome you desire. That's what you need to stay focused on. That's what works for me. I remember when I was writing, there were times where I just absolutely did my head in and I didn't even want to look at it. And it was overwhelming as well, you know, thinking, how am I going to do all this because I'd never done it before and I'm sure a lot of people deal with that. I'd written one piece of when I decided to write a book I had to write out one, the first piece of paper and I remember sitting looking outside my window thinking, how am I going to actually turn this into a book? And then even if I turn it into a book, how am I going to sell it? How am I going to manufacture it? How am I going to print it? I didn't know anything at all. And that can really be overwhelming and, and can stop us. So I think in that moment, well, what I used to do was just close my eyes and I would visualize holding my book in my hand and I would visualize it being in shelves all around the world And, yeah, I got to experience it in reality. And I think you do if you keep those visions. So, you know, it's about seeing what you ultimately want. And don't ever be scared to think big. That's the thing they're scared to think of those, like what they really want to do in their life to its capacity because they don't know how to get there. But no one knows how to get there. I can tell you that. No one I've ever met knows how to get there. Like they've never known every step. They've never known the whole way. You just keep moving you have the end result in your mind, you never let it go and things will come up. That's the beauty of of God, of the universe. Things will eventually pop up and, and you'll see the opportunities and you'll take them.
0: Yeah. I often say, just dream big. Don't think about the how, because there are just a million ways that the how can happen. And when you start out, it's really difficult to kind of think this way. But when I started out just writing down my dreams on paper, and then, you know, I wanted to start a global brand. And it, I mean, that just absolutely seemed impossible even to start my own business seemed impossible for me but if I would have thought of how am I going to do that I just wouldn't have taken any steps so just you know thinking big and you know start with the first step and once you start that journey how many people come across your path that can support you or help you or you learn from others it's just amazing and I also love how you visualized the book when I came up with a dream to write my book I was like I had no idea and English is my second language as you probably can hear I was like how am I going to do this so I got my friend to create a cover she's a graphic designer so I asked her to come up with a cover and the title that I thought I would have and then I put Oprah holding it and I put it on the fridge. <laughs> so every day when I would, you know, um, see it, I'd be reminded, you know, that there is a bigger purpose on this. There's a bigger there's this is bigger than me. So it was just such a good reminder. So I think visualizing is so powerful. 100% I agree. So I know you wrote the book quite a while ago, and you are on to other things, which we will talk about soon. But I would love to talk a little bit about it. It might be that you need to go back a little bit, so we'll see if (laughs) you still still remember it. But I have the book in front of me, so I can always fill in. But you talk about the first step being self-discovery and then knowledge to empower your life forever. How do we actually go about start that self-discovery?
1: I think we're just so blessed to have so many different pieces of literature out there and you know even if you don't have the money to buy the books there's libraries read read and and watch things about the mind and how your thoughts create your life and how you can control your emotions to a certain degree we're all human but you need to have those fundamental aspects of of the control that you have within yourself and that you have with your life if you don't know that if you don't have that foundation and that's the discovery part if you don't discover those basic truths about who you are and what you are meaning you know we're one with everything and we're all energy and we're all connected to everything so you can influence things with your mind in some regard you know as to how you feel about them I guess and how you think about them yeah so I think that that's probably the main thing is to read and to watch things and to listen to when you hear something that's you know someone who's achieved something great in what you want to do and they're talking about it Don't just ignore it and look at it as, oh, that's their journey. Look at it as how can I apply that to my life and how can I relate it? So, yeah, I think learning, learning and searching within yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I have a uh, chapter in my book about who, not what, but who, who has done this before, who can I learn from. It's just incredibly powerful. And I absolutely love that a person who goes through their whole lifetime and put that into all their knowledge and experience and mistakes and, and wins in one book. It's incredible that we can go to the library for free or buy that book and highlight it and apply it to our own life. It's just, I just absolutely love that. I also love in your book, you talk about the power of questioning. So you say great questions, great answers. And one of the things, and I was actually going for a walk this morning and I put your book on audio. I have it both in paper and audio. I often do that because I, when I find a great book, I like to learn I learn a different way by reading and listening. And what I love is how you went from am I to I am. Are you able to explain that for our listeners?
1: When you say am I loving, am I caring, am I strong, I think our mind automatically wants to go to what's negative for some unknown reason. We're not really sure why this happens. Yeah, on a human level, we go to what's negative. So we'll think of those times that we're not and we'll judge ourselves on that. And I think to reverse that and say, I am confident and to repeat that and to say, I am strong. I think those things reiterate. I say the more we repeat it, the more we believe it. And there's always been a time where you were loving to someone. There was always been a time where you were confident in a situation. You can go back into that and you can remember that. And that's what you need to go on. Sometimes asking yourself those questions, am I, am I, am I? It feeds yourself with a lot of doubt. So I think reiterate, because there's always been a time that you have been those qualities that will get you to where you need to get. And that's what you need to focus on. And that's what you need to repeat. And that's what I did. You know, I am confident. And every time I said that, I would think of a time that I was confident. So that helped me a lot more.
0: Yeah. And there are some really good questions. I might add a couple of those to the show notes to get people started on it because there's some really good ones that made me really think this morning how we can change from that self-doubt. But one thing that I come across very frequently and in your book is say, don't ask how life is treating you, ask how you are treating life. And that you must take sole accountability for all your actions that have caused you to be in this situation as no one thinks, speaks, or ultimately makes decisions for you. So how do we actually then for our listeners, take action. Because it's one thing to think about it, it's one thing to plan it, but it's another thing to actually do it.
1: There is no secret answer. (laughs) Everyone wants it. Everyone wants the secret (laughs) answer. There is no secret answer. You just got to do it. So I find that everything starts from the mind. I would say that you would probably want to visualize what you want over and over and over again, whether you have to meditate over it, because the more you think about it and the more real it is within yourself and in your mind, the more you can see it and feel it in there, the more you'll take action. If they're things, if they're just surface thoughts and you're like, oh yeah, I want to do that and that that would be great, it's not going to happen. You have to actually manifest it within yourself first and you have to think about, think about it quite clearly, actually, in detail, often and, and over and over again. And the more you repeat that, you'll just take action your mind will drive your body. But if you don't see it, you don't feel it, it's not going to inspire you to take action. You need that inspiration and it comes from seeing it. It needs to feel real. And the only way that's going to happen is by going there in your mind.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And also just, I always say, just start. Because I think when we have a big dream or a big goal or something we really want that we've never done before, it's not going to be easy. But all you need to think about is just starting, even if just like do a little brainstorm and then just take one action and then you start the ball rolling. So yeah, I love that. What would you say the fundamental aspect of your change was?
1: I would say probably the abuse that I was constantly giving to myself, the negativity not being able to get somewhere in my life, not being able to do it, not being able to be as great as those people. And I would resort to partying and using substances to try and maybe use that as a Band-Aid, I guess, to cover those those negative thoughts. And then when everything came crashing down, like I said, that was the phenomenon, I guess, that happened to me, that when everything came crashing down, I turned the way of saying, I'm going to make change here. This is not my life. I'm not going to make this my life and I'm going to be better and I'm going to do something with it. So that was my story.
0: Yeah. And how did you go from, you know, I guess hitting the rock bottom to start taking action? Was there any specific things that made the biggest difference?
1: I remember I watched The Secret. That was a big thing for me. As we all probably know, that's not the full story. And I guess that's why I wrote my book too, because I wanted to elaborate on what I had found through that and after that, because there was so much more. But yeah, that, that definitely spurted my thoughts and was like, this makes sense. Even though I think some things maybe scientifically aren't one hundred percent correct in it, but I mean it's the, a reflection of I guess life and how we approach it and our connection with it, which you know has some really great points in there as well
0: yeah, as long as we get something out of it and start taking action on it, I think it doesn't really matter what it is, of course then you're just on a different path
1: yeah, and I think it's personality too. I think it's got to do with people's personalities and you know, everyone's different. Not every, not everything that I did and I went through, someone else is going to react that way, and you know, take that same approach. But I guess I'm the type of person if I'm backed into a corner, I'll fight. You know, I won't run.
0: Yeah, there's a great quote in the book which I'm going to read. When one door closes, another opens. But we often look so long and so regretfully up on the closed door that we do not see the one which has opened for us. And that is a quote by Alexander Graham Bell. And I absolutely love that. And it's one that's very relevant for me right now. How do we move on from a closed door to an open one?
1: Write down and think about what you want. It goes back to your thoughts. You're thinking about what you don't want and you're staying there. You have to change your thought, write it down, make it real don't think about what you don't want think about what you want and uh, constantly meditate over that and think about it all day if you have to that's how you shift your thoughts that's how you change that thought pattern and things start happening in your life to make that narrative that you've created in your mind a reality time as well we can water the grass and look at it all day it's not going to grow any quicker you feed it you do what you have to do to it and you give it time so you can't always rush things and fast track things. That's not how healing process goes either, because I'm sure you know, in regards to this quote, looking at one door closing, there could be healing involved in that as well. So you know, allow yourself the time and don't push yourself to try and rush things. Learn what you have to learn and go through it and feel what you have to feel. And I've done that many times. I've gone through things when I was writing in my second book And people like, oh, you just got to get back into work. You know, you just got to get back on the horse. Obviously, always easy for people to say from the outside. Not that anyone else ever really does that, but it's great advice and they're doing it because they care about you. But I never would. I just put my book down for three or four months and said, no, I'm not writing because I don't feel like it and it's not coming through me and I want to go through this and did. And then, yeah, what came afterwards was just amazing and felt more inspired than ever before. But I allowed myself that healing time. I allowed myself that time to go through those emotions.
0: Yeah. There's a great Winston Churchill quote, like, when you go through hell, keep going. (laughs) And I think you just have to get through it. But the good thing, and I was talking about that in the book club on Monday night, the most difficult times and the most challenging times. Often, when we've gone through them, we actually don't want to have them undone, even if they were the most horrible ones, because that is when we grow. And it's so hard when you're in the middle of it to see that. But when I look back in all the hardest of the times, that's the ones where you actually change. And that was, you know, sometimes where you thought you were going one direction, but then you realize, actually, I'm on the wrong direction here. And I so agree. Like, I'm getting really good at listening to what I want versus what you know I think everyone else wants for me or you know the business or whatever but it's been a great thing to go through even though it's absolutely it's not fun being in the middle of it yeah
1: I can imagine I've been through it many times so hats off
0: yeah I'm sure you remember this because this is a great story in your book in the elevator in the Paris hotel (laughs) someone says why are you so happy because I'm alive and this is something I often say lucky me for being alive and, and you know sometimes people think that that's just such a fleeting statement but I am truly grateful to be alive because the alternative is not so great so can you just share a little bit about that story for our listeners
1: yeah yeah so basically I was um, at a hotel in Paris and I was smiling and I was sort of happy and I was smiling to myself and she's like she had this just sour face and she's like why are you so happy or something like that she made a comment the first thing that came out of my head was just because I'm alive and I was just in this moment of bliss And you know that can be annoying for some people. Let's be honest; (laughs) they're not feeling the best. Someone's (laughs) around going, "Ah." and I'm I'm not always like that either. I do have my moments where I've got a bit of a sour face on as well. But yeah, it was just a bit of a funny moment in my life. But I still, every single morning, I wake up and I say thank you for being alive. That's the first thing I thank thank you for another day of life. So happy I got another day. Just one more day. You very rarely take it for granted if you say thank you for another day of life.
0: You have in your book a quote saying, if you want to have an extraordinary life, you must be addicted to life and you have a little section, allocate your time to shine. How can we do that more? Is that just about being grateful or have you got some other tips?
1: I think being grateful is the main thing because I always say thank you for my inner, outer and, and my wants. I think of those three things. So I say thank you for personality traits and things that I would like. You know, like thank you for being loving and thank you for being persistent and courageous and, and all that sort of stuff. And then I thank for outer. So I run through a list in my head of just things that, you know, for shelter, for my arms, for my legs, for my eyesight, for my health. I say thank you for those. And then uh, lastly, I, I visualize and say thank you for what I want. So yeah, I go through that process. It's the inner, the outer and the wants.
0: Love that. We had a laugh the other day because I've been wearing contact lenses my whole life and um, I've never been grateful often quite annoyed because often when I have a problem with them it's when I think about them (laughs) and then when I put them on the other day with no problem which is often but I just thought of it and I'm like I'm so grateful and I shared that I think in my book group and also with a friend and she laughed and there's so many things to be grateful for yeah
1: yeah that's and we have to if we don't remind ourselves of those things we're never going to be happy I mean that's just the truth
0: absolutely so a lot of people that I meet are dealing with self-doubt. They're worried about what other people think. They're worried about failure. But as we know, self-doubt kills more dreams than failure does. So what would you tell to people who are struggling right now with self-doubt and self-belief and, and really you know, listening to themselves?
1: That's always a bit of a difficult one to answer because I don't know where it's coming from. So for me, what I do on a personal level with self-doubt I always want to do something that's inspirational. So I want to read something that's inspirational. I want to watch a video, you know, something on YouTube about someone else who's been through something hard. And Like I had someone recently who was saying about they're getting too old to achieve their dreams. And I sent them this list of all the people who have made it post 45. And yeah, they were pretty amazed by who was on the list. Like, I mean, Alan DeGeneres didn't start her show until she was... Well, she's 45, I think. And before that, she'd had three years without any work. She was struggling. So that in itself is inspiring to know that someone else has probably been through something similar and gotten through it. Going back in the mind, like I said, I think a lot of it's self inflicted. It's about neglect. It's about the neglect of your visions and neglect of what you ultimately want for your life. You're neglecting talking about it. You're neglecting thinking about it. So I mean, ultimately, the self-doubt stuff, that comes from ourselves. I would say we need to really take responsibility and accountability for those because no one can sort of make you believe in yourself more than you. And the only way I think you're going to believe in yourself is to see your potential in your mind without any limitations, because you can go anywhere in your mind. That's the beauty of it. It's infinite and it can think of anything. So you need to be constantly reiterating those thoughts about what you want. The more you do that, the more you start to believe it.
0: Yeah. I love your story when you were sitting with a friend in a coffee shop and there were two guys and they were basically saying they didn't know what they wanted in life can you share that because I think so many people actually do not take time to work out what they want in their lives so I love you to share that story and maybe some tips on how they can start that process yeah
1: yeah yeah we're sitting at a cafe and they were like really really close to us like it was almost on this lounge couch thing this was at a time when I was like full-on telling everybody and you know you get through this exciting period where you finally realize your thoughts create your life and you just want to drum it into everybody so anyone that I had the opportunity to sort of try and shake this into I, w- I would do and uh, yeah I heard these guys talking and and then yeah, my friend was like don't you dare and I was like, oh, I'm gonna talk to him I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something she's like don't you dare yeah I did I just turned around and said I had the same thing and yeah I sort of just asked them like if you could have this, if you could have that, would you want it? And they're like, yeah, yeah. I said, so you know what you want. And they're like, oh, well, that's that's true. (laughs) So I think it's not that we don't know what we want. It's we don't believe we can get it. So if we can find out how we can change that belief, then things start to become a lot more uh, tangible. And when that happens, that's when you start to manifest it and you start going in that direction. There's a reason why some people are creating what they want in their life and and others aren't. There's, There's reasons and you need to find those reasons.
0: Yeah, there is no magic pill. here.
1: No, it would be great. I'd love it. We'd make a lot of money <laughs> out of it if we could come up with it. I tell you.
0: Yeah, but the only I often have a laugh with my friend, that I call every morning on my morning walk, and I always say, "Like us, that have so many challenges and issues that we get to work on this." Yeah, like, it'd be
1: boring. It'd be pretty boring otherwise. I think wouldn't learn much.
0: Absolutely
1: keeps it exciting.
0: Yeah, I'm curious. There's a couple of things actually I want to cover before we finish up with the questions. One is fear. How do we deal with fear?
1: fear huh that's a crazy one that's one that's not always the easiest as well to describe but for fear for me i think you have to face your fear because i think normally we're scared of things that are imaginary in our mind. like a lot of people uh they're not scared of heights they're scared of falling off the building they're not scared of snakes they're scared of getting bitten by a snake but if you can sort of see that those things are imaginary that you haven't fallen off the building yet you haven't being bitten by this thing like a lot of fear is just an outcome that hasn't happened yet so if you can realize that that's not a reality and that things well not yet those those things haven't happened there's nothing to actually be scared of
0: yeah that's a good one I always ask people what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail because a lot of people have that fear of failure and if you had all the money the resources the knowledge and health and energy to do whatever you want to do that's a great way to start because then you kind of push that fear away as well just imagining it first and then you can take action on it. So that's a great one. I would love to finish off with a couple of quick questions. One is, have you got a morning routine?
1: Yes, that appreciation list that I told you before. So I'll wake up, make my coffee, usually just have a banana for breakfast. That's been my thing for a while. I walk out of my balcony or whatever and I just start thinking of all those things that I appreciate. I don't really like to start the day if I'm feeling negative energy, sometimes I wake up, you know, for no reason, you just wake up and you feel like really, ugh, and you just don't want to start the day. And I just want to turn that energy really, really quickly. And it's not that I'm, you know, am positive all the way through the day and I'm strong and whatever, these things happen, that's life, but I, I don't really like getting on with my day with that feeling. So yeah, I tend to do that.
0: Yeah. Beautiful way of starting the day for sure. I know you've read a lot of books. Is there one book that is your favorite or has made the biggest change in your life?
1: Mm, I read more like old text, I guess. So one of the ones that I really loved was the Dhammapada, which is one of the oldest Buddhist books. And I'm not a a Buddhist or anything, but uh, this Buddhist text called the Dhammapada that was really great. And another one was Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, or the greatest Roman emperor, they called him. Yeah, he talks a lot about facing death as a means to live because he saw so much death on the battlefield, I guess. That's where it comes from and from his life. But he was just an amazing philosopher. He was so wise and so relatable today. Crazy. Someone from thousands of years ago can relate so much to what we go through now, the way he talks about it. And the great thing is he'd never set out to write a book. It was never his intention, which was weird. They just found all his writing and they put it together. That's why it's called meditations. It's just his reflections on life.
0: Yeah. I love that book as well. I haven't read the first one, so that's, I'm going to link to both in the show notes. Great suggestion. Thank you. Before I finish with the last question, I know you have moved on a little bit from um, working on personal growth, etc., and you have writ- you've written a fiction book. I'd just love for um, you to share with our listeners so they can get that book, perhaps.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a contemporary romance novel called The Modern Breakup, signed with a German publisher. Ulstein Verlag and got an offer from Harper Collins in the UK as well, but decided to just keep doing what I'm doing at the moment. Yeah. It's just a story about a girl who goes through a breakup and there's multiple characters around and they all give their advice of what they think she should do. And it sort of reflects on their own life as well. Like she's got a friend that, that narrates in the book through one chapter saying, you know, watching Amelia, who's the main character go through this has really woken me up again. It's made me not want to get myself in those situations. So like and there's her mum that talks as well, and there's um, a couple of guy friends that sort of give the spiel of the way guys really think and what they want. There's knowledge in it, I guess. So there's definitely still that self-help aspect in. I probably can't leave that out, even if I tried. But uh, it's it's through characters now. So yeah, she's weird because I when I first started writing it and I set out to write it, I never really thought about helping people. As funny as that sounds coming from a self-help background, I was just like, I just need to capture what's going on these days and whatever people get from it they get from it and I wanted it to come out that way so yeah it's funny to see people's response now as being quite positive from it it's great
0: amazing I'll link that for everyone who wants to get that as well that I'm definitely going to read that and it's a good one for us to read in our book club as well so thank you the last question that I have for you is knowing what you know now what advice would you give to yourself
1: don't be too hard on yourself yeah don't be too hard on yourself. Everything works out in the end.
0: Great. I love that. It's a beautiful way of ending this super inspiring conversation. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. And I love these kind of conversation because what you started with in life, you completely went through a different path and now you're doing something that that just comes through you and you just love and it's living your dream of life. And I just absolutely love that. So thank you so much. Thanks
1: for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, that was so inspiring. I hope you love this conversation as much as I did. So much wisdom and so much for us to think about, consider, and of course, take action on. I have added all the books we spoke about in the show notes. I highly recommend reading Daniel's book. And this is a book that we will definitely read in my virtual book club. And I will also share some of his amazing questions to get you started in my weekly newsletter so make sure you are signed up just go to your dream life starts here.com if this conversation got you thinking it really is time to start or restart your own dream life the time of releasing this episode the door to your dream life starts here digital course is opening next week if you want a step-by-step guide to help you working out what you want your dream life to look like i would love you to join me It's a six-module course where you will work out what you really want, what your dreams are, your dreams, not anyone else's dreams, and you will also work out what you are passionate about, what your values are, and what your purpose are, so these things are all aligned with your dream life and your truth. You got 12 months access to this course, so you can take your own time working through it, and in the first six weeks, I will be live every week to answer any questions and support you. So if this is for you, just go to here.com to register. I'm at a crossroad myself, so I will be doing this course with you and I just can't wait. There have been so many changes the last couple of years for most of us, so this is a perfect time to make the most of the few months we have left in this year and also be ready to make 2022 your best year yet. Until next week, do not forget to dream big.